0: Hello and welcome to Connected, episode four hundred and ninety. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mike Hurley. Hi, hey Mike. It is it is a pleasure.
1: Um, I'm so happy to be here, and I also have the pleasure of being joined by Federico Vitici. Ciao, Federico.
2: Ciao. It is also a pleasure for me. We're all very p- p- pleasured. I think
1: people say this is the most pleasurable podcast. They say, say that. that. They, they say, say that. that.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we, we get we get a lot. A lot of people are saying that they send us email. Emails are like, "Hey, your podcast is so pleasurable." Full of such so pleasurable for <laughs> me.
1: I love it. You, you actually would not believe the amount of emails we get where people say this is a pleasurable podcast.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, take that other tech shows. Take that. other Speaking podcast. of
1: which,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcasts in the shower. podcasts in the shower. So I ran a little poll on Mastodon asking. Do you listen to po- podcasts in the shower?
1: Can you remind me why? Because I feel like I can only half remember why this is a thing that you wanted to do.
0: I think I mentioned that I do it and someone in Discord or one of you thought so, I was bananas.
1: We were talking about something with you in the bath. <laughs> yes. And you had a, th- a thing you were doing <laughs> with your your phone on a... Shelf cases. We were talking about cases. Yeah. Maybe. Why do you use a case? Because you're worried you're gonna drop your phone? Oh, I don't want like
0: it to that. to to slide across the sink. There you go.
1: Beep. The grip. The grip. You wanted grip.
0: That's right. You need That's you, it. you need that grip. And so we did it. uh 1,247 people voted on Mastodon. Okay. Forty-two percent of people said yes. I do listen to podcasts in the shower. Fifty-eight percent of people said no. I do not.
1: So I think that there is a there is an a, there should be a third. It's too late now. Which is I would like to. Mm. So mm. I would like to listen to podcasts in the shower, but in my new shower Joe, in my new Joe house. Stop
0: the count!
1: <laughs> stop the count! Stop the count! It's time to stop the count. But I can't, in in my new shower, I can't hear the podcast anymore is the problem. Because I have like a, a cubicle and I don't have a space in the cubicle to put my phone where my phone won't just, just be literally in a pool of water. Mm. Mm. Although there were some replies to this post where I was like, oh, that's a smart idea. Like people building shelves. Shelves? Yeah. Shelving? But I don't think that would fly at home, which for probably for good reason. We
0: had a couple of things. We had someone write in, they're just putting their phone on top of like the edge of the shower. That's a terrible idea. Your phone's gonna explode. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a professional phone breaker. This phone is going to break. Uh, other people okay. had like like sticky things on the wall. They would mount their phone in. Look, it's way simpler than that. All you need is a waterproof Bluetooth speaker. I have one in the show notes from JBL. I happen to own the old version of this. I got it for free. It's a, some something at some point years ago, I've run it forever. It's great. So I can Bluetooth it. My phone can stay safe and sound on the edge of the sink. Thanks to the little leather nomad thing, keeping it safe and sound. And I can listen in the shower. It's great. You don't need, don't put your phone in the shower with you. That's weird. That's too far. Why? Why is that weird? Cause you're in the shower. You want
1: your so? phone in there. What has that got to do with
0: anything? I said, you know, what if, what if your mom facet- FaceTimes you and you accidentally answer, you know?
1: Why would you accidentally answer? It's Why slippery, would you do your that? hands
0: are wet, you know? You're gesturing wildly, listening to ATP, and then suddenly you're talking to your mom. I don't think this would happen to me. There's so, way to find out. You call me and see what happens. We have to have an experiment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so i'm putting this in the show notes the jbl thing mm-hmm. and instead of waterproof i wrote shower proof <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's not right It
0: kind of good i mean though. it
1: is it kind of is but also that's not what people are looking for i think shower
0: proof probably not
2: <sighs>
0: so anyways look I-, I get it sometimes your acoustics may not be good my shower is not very big so i can feel like it works maybe uh mine has a glass door but maybe if you're showering like in a you know like a shower tub or using the shower curtain maybe your acoustics would be better with that Mm -hmm. i will say due to experimentation the audio is much better in my shower if i put my towel over the door so there's like some soft material like hanging over the door into the shower does that make sense i don't think so okay so i have uh My shower's tiled in, and there's a glass door that swings open. And usually the towel's hanging on the wall outside the shower, right? So I get out of the shower, like open the door a little bit, stick my arm out, and grab the towel. Mm -hmm. But if I take the towel and and put it over the door, so it's like hanging half in the shower, half out of the shower, that fabric hanging in the shower greatly approves shower acoustics.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: You don't have to buy a sound panel for your shower, just put a towel. But it wouldn't hurt. But it, if you want optimal results, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. That's the end of the shower cast. Thank you I'm for so coming. Happy. Mm.
1: I have a question for the both of you uh, What are you, if anything, using for RSS on Vision Pro?
2: Ah uh, yeah there's there's no a uh, great native experience at the moment I'm just using Lear, that's lire that's l i r e uh yep. in compatibility mode uh that's my main RSS client on other platforms and the iPad app is available in compatibility mode so that's what i use with uh, okay. I iNo reader sync
1: I actually think even compatibility mode is is fine like that's totally yeah it's fine,
2: fine. it's fine that that's what i use um typically in portrait mode, so it's nice on one side of my workspace, yeah,
1: I am missing currently big time reader and yeah. timery. They yeah. are both heartbreakers for me that they're not even in compatibility mode, and it's making me very sad because these are two apps that I would like to use, and I can't uh, and mm. it's it's bugging me' because I think especially timery because i'm I'm doing stuff and I'm like I don't even think about having a timer set. And then I'm like, oh, man, I didn't set a timer. Well, So I, I want these apps to exist. They don't. I don't know what's happening with either of them, but I want them to be there. Yeah. And we'll give a shout out to the one true gamer. Oh. That is John Voorhees. Uh, From OTJ
2: as, to OTG. OTG. You know? <laughs> OG, OTG. Uh,
1: <laughs> I feel like this was a thing where, because Federico was delayed for a week with his Vision yeah. Pro, John had to pick up the mantle and run with it to make the comprehensive guide to gaming on the Apple Vision Pro. It's a really great article. There's loads of interesting tidbits in there. There's some things that I've downloaded that I want to try out, like the PlayStation mirroring thing, which is a thing I'd heard about years ago. Like this app's been around forever, right? And, or at least a version of it has been Mirror Play, but I've never really used it, but I feel like this could be a really good reason to use it.
0: Mm -hmm. It also, and I think John wrote about this. I sort of blacked out towards the end of the story because there were a lot of gaming screenshots.
1: It gets, well, it also, the, the further the article goes, the more unconventional, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think I would say, the the methods become. Yeah. At some point, he's talking about his Wi-Fi network, you know, gaming Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's, it's all the rage. Like gaming Wi-Fi. Everyone's doing it. But it would be cool if the developer strap would, like, be, I want that thing to do everything, right? Like, we want Ethernet from it. We want uh, video in and video out. Like, just put some ports on things. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever hurt anybody.
2: Yeah. I mean, if only, if that theory that developer strap can do um, more than what it's currently doing, but it's locked in software, I really hope that Apple makes that like a proper Thunderbolt uh, port. Uh, because honestly, like with Ethernet, it would fix up uh, basically most of the problems when it comes to game streaming to the Vision Pro, right? I mean, if you if you can have Ethernet speeds on that thing, whether you want to stream PS5 or Xbox or PC, like that's gonna be not an issue. Uh, the Vision Pro doesn't have Wi Fi six E, unfortunately, so it's locked to Wi Fi six and. Uh, I'm finding that I consistently get worse performance with Wi-Fi on the Vision Pro than say my iPad Pro, for example. So mm. I, I want to believe that maybe in Vision OS 2.0 or something, they will unlock the true potential of the developer's trap. Let, let me let me plug a let me plug an Ethernet uh, adapter in that thing. Come on, mm-hmm. please. But yeah, it's a great story. John spent a lot of money and did a lot of research yeah. to find all the possible options right now. Um of course, as soon as we published that, we noticed that there's a native test flight. Uh, there's a test flight uh, beta for a native version of Moonlight. So if you are a PC gamer and you want to um, stream games from your PC to your Vision Pro, uh, there's a vid- Vision OS test flight for Moonlight, which is the client for PC streaming. I'm uh, going to leave some links in the show notes. And uh, the test flight is currently open, so you can just uh, click a link and start testing it
0: we got a couple of uh, small topics to handle here at the beginning of the show. Uh, The first one is more battery who dis? So this is a report from (laughs) Chance Miller. Uh, I'm just going to read this because I don't don't understand how this happened. This is Chance. Apple initially said that the iPhone 15's battery would retain up to 80% of its original capacity at 500 complete charge cycles. Now the company tells 9to5Mac that the iPhone 15 can retain 80% of its original capacity at 1,000 complete charge cycles. That's awesome. That's great news for longevity of these devices. Like, why? Why <laughs> we just? Why is Apple just discovered this now? I have so many questions.
2: It is peculiar. So I guess I guess what we are seeing here is that sometimes a recount does work. Is that, yeah, is that what, I, I guess I, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I, what
0: it's saying. I think so. Yeah, this comes in conjunction with some changes coming in iOS 17.4, which like, boy, does does 17.4 win the award for the biggest point update ever to iOS? Like, I think it might. It's just there's so much stuff going on. Uh, But a change coming to the battery and battery health screen, which remember, this was added several years ago. There was the dust up about Apple uh, throttling the performance of phones. There was a class action lawsuit. All these things happened. Uh, now in 17.4 if you go into the um, the battery screen and settings you will see two new menus one called battery health and one called charging optimization and in that change you can now see without having to drill down your battery health status so if it says normal then you're all set and if you want more detail then you can tap in further and you can still see the percentage right so uh, Mary actually just went through this with her iPhone 13 mini, where her battery life was really bad. I went into the battery health thing, and it turns out she was at like 78% original capacity. And that was low enough where the Apple Store replaced the battery for free for her under Apple Care, which was really cool. Uh, this phone now has also has gotten a new screen and a new battery. It's like a whole new iPhone 13 mini. Um, but this makes it a little bit easier, a little bit less digging to kind of see what's going on. And um, I think that's good because before, you just got a percentage without much context, right? It's like, well, is, is 80% yeah. good? Is 80% bad? I, I don't know. And so they're trying to, I think, better educate people about how their batteries are actually doing.
1: So 9to5Mac, on fire right now. Yes. It's like left and right piece of information. This one, they got through ways, Uh, some information about some sizing of the next iPads. And I want to specifically just talk about the iPad Pro, because it's the most interesting, because we have comparisons. Essentially, the piece of information to know is that the iPad Pros are all going to be getting a little bit bigger by a few millimeters, but also thinner. Mm. So the 11 inch will be going from 5.9 to 5.1 millimeters, and the twelve point nine inch will be going from six point four to five millimeters. What mm. is really weird to me here is that the twelve point nine will be point one millimeters thinner than the eleven
0: yeah it's that yeah. that I think is gonna feel amazing in the hand
2: and also the the twelve point nine pro is one millimeter thinner than the new twelve point nine air yeah that's also interesting.
0: That the Air is thicker than the Pro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, it's ironic, right?
1: Yeah, it's, the Air is thinner than the current Pro is as well. Hmm. And I expect that's because it's... Oh, maybe the was it mini-LED, maybe that is more complicated than yeah. just a regular LCD screen. Or led screen whatever they use led screens i have no idea anymore i'm so lost because it, i assume p- that we use led mini led and oled right so i think the, the the led screens will be thinner than the mini led screens but what nine to five is saying that everything is going to be thinner because oled is thinner in general so that's how nice. they can get thinner
2: yeah
1: the uh, the fun thing then is that the iPad Pro, I guess, will take the crown again because I think the iPad Pro currently, uh, or at least maybe the, the LED version of the iPad Pro was the thinnest Apple product ever made. Hmm. And this will now top that.
0: Yeah. I mean, five millimeters makes it thinner than any iPod Touch and even that weird last iPod Nano that kind of looked like iOS. Mm-hmm. Like not the square clippy one, but the very last one. And that thing I've got one like I pulled it out today it's really thin. I think it's going to be a dramatic change to the iPad. Um especially when you're when you're not using it in a case.
1: The thing that just it always boggles my mind, like I know this fact but I had to google it again because I still feel like I can never believe it that the current iPad Pro is thinner than the original iPod Nano.
2: <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, that's inc- that's incredible.
1: Right? Wow. The iPod yeah. Nano was 6.9 millimeters thick. Wild,
2: it's yeah, but wild. Going, going to five millimeters like that—that's—that's yeah. that's a major milestone, I think. Like it—it it seems incredible that it can be that thin. You know, go OLED, I guess. So, so for these iPads, I guess. So for these iPads, let's sort of round down what we know. We know that there's gonna be there's gonna be a bigger iPad Air. They are gonna stick to their uh, to their usual sizes, 11 inch and 12.9 inch uh, uh, for the iPad Pro. Uh, They're gonna be OLED, and they're probably remaking the Magic Keyboard, or at the very least, making a higher end, more pro keyboard trackpad accessory. So that's all we know for hardware. Um, Mm -hmm. I am really curious to see how they're going to pitch these devices beyond Mm -hmm. these changes. Like, should we expect any change from the software of these iPads? And also, I had a thought today. Why? So I guess, no, let let me rephrase in a different way. I think Sidecar on the iPad should go away hold on and should just be called Mac virtual display because aren't they mm. like the same thing
0: well sidecar extends the display and i guess mac yeah. virtual desktop replaces it but they're definitely very closely related
2: it just seems strange that we have two similar mac display technologies and one is called one way and another yeah. is called mac virtual display
1: but but i think it is that similarity the fact that they are similar, not the same, is it's difficult because, as Steven said, right? Like if it,
2: yeah, I get you, it. You
1: you can't mirror, I don't think, right? Or maybe you can, but you can also with sidecar have it as a second display, right? Which you cannot yeah, you do can. with with Vision. True,
2: true. But regardless, anyway, um, some hardware changes, and we know nothing about, and if there, there's going to be any software related improvements on these iPads, which I don't think there will be. So, no,
1: at least not <laughs> when they announced them, if we're still expecting a March timeline, right? Yeah. You're yeah. three months away from any changes. I would be, I mean, we're going to talk about iOS 18 in a little bit. Um, I, I would be surprised if there was anything like super specific for iPad and iOS 18 because it looks like Apple was one very, very clear mm-hmm. focus, but mm-hmm. we'll find out.
0: Yeah. I kind of wish that he had the measurements for a new iPad mini. Can I just kind of put that out there. Those numbers aren't floating around.
1: Yeah, because Stephen, you know what? It's going to be exactly the same. Because if we get anything,
0: it is a spec bump. Yeah. I think I've said this, but my iPad mini got sort of downcycled to be a kid's iPad because they were using like one of the kids was using like an iPad, I don't know, seventh gen, something really old. And I replaced mm-hmm. it with an iPad mini and I got a refurbished 11 inch iPad Pro but i really miss the ipad mini i kind of think i messed up
1: but i adore adore my ipad mini it's going to be very hard to resist an oled 11 inch ipad pro
2: oh yeah no i'm gonna get that i i think i am gonna get an 11 inch ipad pro oled for sure like that's gonna be my new ipad
1: because I use so remember when I had COVID. You remember when I had COVID? I don't know if you guys could. Forget. Oh, you did. You did. Remember oh. I had COVID that one really inconvenient time. Yeah. Um, to try and make myself feel better, uh, I ordered a uh, an iPad from Best Buy.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you wanted to use stage manager and stage that was manager. when it was still limited to whatever it was limited to
1: the M processors, and I had a, an iPad with an A processor in it, and and so I was like, oh, I'll just get that. So, we use that iPad for watching TV on uh, if we're eating something. You know, if we're eating dinner, maybe we want to catch up on a show and we watch that, right? So, that works for us. But that is a 64 gigabyte iPad. Boys, (laughs) that is not enough. An impossible thing (laughs) to manage because I have like 28 gigabytes of iMessage and I can't do anything about it. That's our fault mostly. Oh, but it's just, I, I want to keep it, right? Because all of my other devices can store that. Mm-hmm. But this cannot. I had to do some real, like, gymnastics a couple of days ago just to update the iPad. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare just trying to to be able to update the thing. So, yeah. But, so I would like to, I think I, w- I would like to replace that iPad at some point. And, I don't know, maybe it just becomes my iPad and I give up on the mini life, but
0: we'll see. Oh, I don't want to do that. Hmm. Could I introduce you to a concept called the multi-pad lifestyle?
1: It's on my face now. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) It's on my face. Multi-pad on my face. Yep.
0: (laughs) This episode of Connected is brought to you by NetSuite. If you have a business, you can probably relate to this. Things get to a certain size and then cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are suddenly taking a week. You have too many manual processes and you don't have one source of truth. It's never a good feeling when everything in your business is disjointed. Too many processes in too many places. You want clarity. You want one place where all the important stuff happens. The solution to untangling that disjointed feeling is NetSuite, NetSuite is a software company that has developed a cloud-based business management platform to help your team deal with key business processes like enterprise resource planning and financials, CRM, e-commerce, inventory, and more. I know if I have too many manual processes running around at work, it makes getting work done feel harder than it needs to be. And if you want to make sure the cracks don't emerge in your business, there are three numbers you should know. 36,000. 25, and 1. There have been 36,000 businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. That makes NetSuite the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. And 25 because NetSuite turns 25 years old this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses to do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And 1 because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. I know as a business owner what a difference that can make and how much easier everything operates when information is available it really means that you can make smart decisions and you can make them faster. So go download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance. It's absolutely free and you can find it at netsuite.com connected. That's NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com connected to get your own free KPI checklist and to make sure your business is one that continues to thrive. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. So, the, uh, Jason published the
1: Six Colors rec- Report Card for 2023 over on sixcolors.com, the website. And uh, we spoke about <laughs> it on Upgrade, and me and Jason both gave our scores. But one of the great things about this now is people start publishing their own report cards, all of the information that they gave. And so you two both published yours as well. And so I wanted to give you both the opportunity to pick out any specific highlights. We probably won't go through it all. I don't think we have enough time in this week's episode to go through everything. But I don't know if either of you wanted to pick out any specific scores that you
0: gave and some reasoning
2: for those. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, my one out of five to the iPad, maybe. Okay yeah I'd like to know to about start. that
0: uh, I also want to know about your wearables because our scores are very similar.
2: What did I say about wearables,
0: wearables you gave two out of five and I gave four out of five so I also want to hear about hear about that
2: yeah um so the wearables i'm kind of I'm kind of bored with the with the airpods pro. They are serviceable they do what they're meant to do, but it's it just feels like they've been doing the same thing forever now and and I know that in te- in, in in tech years forever can also be 3 years, 4 years, but it feels that way. They feel, I don't know, they feel kind of boring to me. Um I cannot stop using them because they are the best earbuds. If you are if if you are an Apple person. Uh but I just wish that Apple did something new, you know, more sensors, more uh I don't know, more battery life, more, you know, a different shape. Um I I look for example at uh, have you guys seen those new Bose Ultra Open earbuds? That actually don't go into your ears. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I don't know. I I don't think Apple is ever gonna do that sort of stuff. But I just wish they had a little more creativity in terms of the whole wearable category. And of course, the AirPods Max. Uh, they should be they should be a little ashamed that uh, they haven't upgraded those headphones um, in any capacity, uh, both in terms of hardware and software for the new for the new audio uh, features that that we have on the AirPods Pro in how many years four five um so yeah i think it's a two out of five because i want to see some changes and the airpods max just feel like a forgotten product at this point which is a shame because yeah they're
1: the my favorite over is because they get all of the features that come with being as part of the
2: ecosystem and they are so comfortable. They like are. they are, they are the best over here Bluetooth headphones that I have. I really, really like them. But they make me feel bad when I use them. You know, when I when I need to charge them with a lightning cable, just just feels <laughs> terrible.
1: Yeah, and I want. I, I mean, because I use it, I want adaptive mode. I want conversations. Yep. Like I, I yep. use those features, and so I want them on all of my headphones.
0: So the iPad, I gave it two out of five. You gave it. 1 out of 5. I'm sure for for similar reasons, right? No hardware updates in 2023, but also kind of no meaningful iPadOS updates. I mean, yeah. they improved Stage Manager, but
2: Yeah, so that's why I give it a 1. I was really tempted to give it a 0. Um, but but because they at the very least they they sort of improved some basic Problems of stage yeah. manager. Uh, I gave it a one. Uh, well, there is
1: if for Jason there is no zero. Oh,
2: okay, because so no that zero. was what there that was go.
1: my. I gave it a one and said if the, and I said in my uh, report notes if there was a zero I would have given it a zero.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, but, but so it's not just that there weren't for the first time in over a decade no new iPads last year. um It's the fact that it, it really seems. seems from the outside that if you set aside the fact that Final Cut and Logic finally came to the iPad but those are like separate apps but as a platform right, as iPadOS, as its own entity, as a whole operating system it just feels my perspective, that Apple's I don't know, they, they, it almost seems like they don't have, there, there's no passion behind it anymore. And it seems to me like that passion is now going to Vision OS. Um, it just, uh, which is why I keep saying, like, I really want to see how they pitch, how they present these new iPad Pros. Because if uh, it, it just, I get this feeling that, you know, besides Stage Manager, which again, is an optional setting that you need to choose, and it's and it's not even that great, right? I've been using my 11-inch my iPad Pro with split view again and slide over and it's glorious. Um, <laughs> but uh, besides stage manager, we haven't really gotten any meaningful, like, desktop class features on iPadOS. Unless you want to talk about like slightly customizable toolbars and sidebars as desktop class features, which is what Apple would like you to think, which fine, sure, it's nice to have a customizable toolbar, but like, I, it it seems to me like Apple's really putting the, you know, putting the passion, so to speak, behind VisionOS. OS. And behind macOS these days, and of course iOS, but iOS is, is iOS is going forever, right? Uh, iOS needs to go forever. But besides iOS, which is the, the the central operating system in many ways, it feels like there's Vision OS, macOS, really, really. I mean, look at Mac hardware, look at Mac software, right? Tons of things happening over there, and OS is sort of just left there to linger and to wait for small updates every once in a while. And I say this as a person who profoundly loves the iPad form factor and the idea of a tablet OS. But, uh, you know, look, looking at reality, is there, re- is there, is there anything really substantial happening mm. on that front these days? And I think the answer is no, and has been no for a while.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue with my score that I wish I could do over uh, is the Apple watch. I don't know what I was thinking. I gave it four out of five and I think that's too high. I didn't even write it in my thing. Like I was going through this in preparation of the show. I was like, I didn't even write anything about this. The Apple watch, I guess some of this was the very end of the year, maybe even after I turned in my answers. Maybe that's what it was, but the whole deal with the blood oxygen sensor in the United States is ridiculous. And, I think if we look at 2023 as a whole, that is a pretty big mark against the Apple Watch. And now, of course, now it's 2024, so this will be on next year's, I guess. You can't, like, if you buy a new Apple Watch that supports blood oxygen stuff, it's turned off in the United States because Apple can't or won't settle with this other company. Mm -hmm. And the longer it goes, the more ridiculous it is. Like, I don't know what that company wants from Apple, But they need to be able to come to a a common ground here because it's a good feature that people are being, they're not able to use, they're not able to take advantage of it because this this litigation that's going on that most people don't even know anything about.
1: Yep. It's one of those things that I was very aware of and then completely forgot about because now we're not talking about it anymore and there's no more information about it because it reached a point and stopped. Mm -hmm. And like, there will be more in the future, but it is kind of ridiculous to think about that like i i, I hope it gets resolved because it's it, it is it's petty it feels and just like like such a small thing and i understand why they don't want to do it but if they if they infringe the patents of this company well then that's just the way it goes right like if that's how it's found that's just the way it goes
0: yep um I think that's, I think those are my sort of high points. You know, I think overall, Apple's doing okay. Um, I think the pain points, most of them aren't new, right? Like Federico's thing about iPadOS, you could copy that out and paste it in an episode of Connected from two years ago or three years ago. It's basically the same argument, right? Um, I think the same thing could be said for hardware, that the hardware like each year is better and better and Apple Silicon has been great for the Mac for now coming up on uh, you know, a little over three years, iPhone hardware, incredible. I feel like these things that are changing uh, in sort of the Apple landscape, they change very slowly. And I feel at least like the, the overall shape of the report card and the way I think about it, like not that much has changed over the years we've been doing it. Not drastically, at least,
2: yeah,
1: no, there have been a couple of areas, uh like the Mac, so in twenty sixteen the Mac was a two point six, and now it's a four point two yeah, right? oh, in the time I forgot Jason, it went back
0: that far even yeah, that's yeah. that's fair,
1: <laughs> right, so there are there are a few things like that that have really swung. the iPad has taken a similar dip, it's now at two point four
2: the iPad is now lower than the Mac where the Mac was during the whole butterfly keyboard era.
1: Like Apple watch goes up and down, but not really huge swings and similar for Apple TV, but like the, the Mac and the iPad is the ones that have had the the biggest like deltas, I think during this, this time period.
0: Yeah. I mean, gosh, what a, what a terrible time the Mac had. (laughs) It was having in 2016, 17 and 18 nightmare.
1: I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's what it's like to be an iPad user
0: today, right? I guess so. <laughs> they flipped. At least your keyboards work, you know?
1: Apple doesn't believe in the future of the iPad. They just want the Mac to be an iPad. <laughs> well, I guess it's like, all right, so yeah, let's, let's just play this out for a second, right? Yeah. It, now, I guess the story will be that, like, how the iPad was going to replace the Mac, that Vision will replace iPad, right? I guess... That's yes. probably where that story will will yeah, could go for sure. I think so. Oh, interesting. Be fun for years.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's not even that wrong as a, as, a, as a as an assessment. I think you know just looking at the facts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the fact that you know Vision OS is based on iPad OS and lets you open as many windows as you want. I know that you know by design. Um, You know, the fact that you can turn your own room into a workspace. Uh, But it just feels like a version of iPadOS where people actually improved the things that were not working on iPadOS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so.
0: This episode of Connected is made possible by NomNom. Don't settle when it comes to your dog's health. Switch to real, gently cooked dog food with ingredients you can actually see. Nutrient-packed recipes designed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, freshly made and delivered to your door. Nomnom delivers freshly made dog food with every portion personalized to your dog's needs so you can bring out their best. And it's made with real, wholesome ingredients that you can both see and recognize without any additives or fillers that contribute to bloating and low energy. And that's because Nom Nom uses the latest science and insights to make real good food for dogs. Their nutrient-packed recipes are designed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, freshly made and shipped free to your door. It is so important to make sure that your dog has the nourishment that they need. They're valued members of our families, and their needs change over time and Nom Nom is ready to help you make sure you get the best out of your furry friend. In fact, they've already delivered over 40 million meals to good dogs like yours, inspiring millions of clean bowls and tail wags. Plus, Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Go right now to get 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trinom.com slash connected. That's spelled trinom, N-O-M, trinom.com slash connected for 50% off. Our thanks to NomNom for the support of the show.
1: So, Stephen, I feel like we have Mac Power users' version of you for the rest of the show today. Uh Uh-huh. Like these show notes, these feel like what you would do for MPU. So I'm yeah. very excited about this. There's been a lot of hacky research going mm-hmm. into this topic. So, uh, on behalf of the Connected Podcast, the most pleasurable podcast, I would like to thank you for uh, yeah, thank you for doing this pleasurable research.
0: It's uh, also in Notion, which <laughs> like MPU. Yep. Uh, okay, so. I wanted to spend some time talking about Apple's AI efforts. And I've kind of broken this into three sections, roughly, background, rumors, and what they've actually shipped. And, you know, at this point, it's like a really interesting point in time. Google, OpenAI, others have kind of put their cards on the table about what they're doing. And Apple hasn't in terms of product. Uh, We don't know what AI-infused product is going to be like from Apple. But they are doing things. Um, And when I started digging into this, because like you see reports every once in a while, like Apple released this, they published this paper, whatever. When you start putting it together, there's actually a lot of stuff here. And so while Apple hasn't shipped anything to the regular end user, that doesn't mean that there's not stuff going on behind the scenes. And if anything, all this makes me excited to see what we could end up with in products, Mm -hmm. because clearly they're spending a lot of time and money in this area, which is good because all the competitors are, they should.
1: To say follow up, obviously when we're talking about AI, what we're talking about is products like the products that are existing now from the companies you mentioned earlier. Obviously we know Apple has machine learning in a lot of their things. We know they put a transformer model in the keyboard, Yeah, but none of these are what we're really thinking about when we talk about quote unquote AI products, right? These are, Chatbots; these are things that do things on the web, like you can have conversations with. All this image generation, all this kind of stuff that is occurring new right now—that's that's what we're talking about.
0: Exactly. I think we should start with personnel. So there was some reporting coming up on a year ago uh, about some job descriptions that we're talking about <laughs> hiring people in these areas and. I had kind of forgotten that it's been this long, but back in what is it? Back in 2018, uh, Apple hired John Gen, Gen- Andrea. Yes, Jin Gen- Andrea from Google, and he is now Apple's senior vice president, comma machine learning and AI strategy. He is on the leadership page on Apple.com, and. When he came over, obviously a big deal. He had he had lot, done a lot of this sort of groundwork at Google, and I think it's clear that he has been building a team not only through these these job postings, but exactly what you said, Mike. They've already shipped some products. I'm glad you brought that up, and I would imagine there's there's even stuff that we we don't know about, but that is machine learning or AI in services or in Siri or something that they haven't really publicized. So.
1: Man, talk about a guy who was like he was hired, and then his life changed. Right, like like I'm sure he was hired for whatever he was hired for, and he was working on that stuff. And then like two years ago, it's like, oh, you need a lot more resources now. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like that. It, it must, I assume his team has exploded over the last twelve to eighteen months.
0: It's. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it has. And that brings us to some of the rumors. So we mentioned iOS iOS 18 earlier, and it really seems like this is going to be uh, a release that is really focused on generative AI features. Uh, Mark Gurman has talked a lot about this. He has called it one of the biggest updates ever to iOS, which is just wild. Hmm. There's also reports and rumors that the iphone 16 line could get a big bump in neural engine performance there's also a rumor floating out there that the iphone 16 and 16 pro will both get a new chip that they won't do the thing they've done the last couple of years and if that means new neural engine stuff to all the phones in conjunction with ios 18 like apple hardware software services coming together right that's that's it that's what they do um and I think some of these specific rumors are actually really interesting in in what it could mean. Uh, one of the biggest ones is, has to do with Siri, where you could use Siri, hypothetically, if these reports are correct, to kind of do one-off tasks that maybe you would build a shortcut for previously. But shortcuts isn't very good, in my opinion, at the one-offs, right? You kind of build a shortcut mm-hmm. because you're going to do it over and over. Same same thing with automation yeah. on the Mac, right? I'm not going to make a Hazel rule to move MP3s one time. I'm going to build a Hazel rule to move MP3s every single day because I'm making files every day for work, right? And if this is true and Siri is going to be supercharged with some sort of LLM where you could ask it to do something based on what's on screen or files you provided or pictures you provided, something like that, it kind of in a way like opens automation and air quotes to the masses in a new way, just like shortcuts did years ago. And I think that's really interesting. And I'd love to hear what y'all think about like what Siri could look like with these new superpowers.
2: Yeah. I think there's so, so much incredible potential when you start thinking about Siri and shortcuts together as Sort of um, a service that can understand what you're asking in terms of features of the operating system and actions to take around the operating system and inside apps, which is kind of similar, I guess, to what the the shortcuts folks are building now as a separate startup, right? Uh, remember what's what's the name of oh, like a what's computer a com- to, computer, software incorporated com- to, computer incorporated computer computer software. software. Yeah. yeah, software, software, ink, something, but that's the idea, right? So, the, the, I think the biggest advantage that Apple has compared to, say, OpenAI, right, or, or these other companies that are doing generative AI, they have an entire OS, or rather, an entire ecosystem of operating systems that can talk to an AI and provide your own data. That, for me, has been the biggest obstacle in terms of really using something like ChatGPT as a service on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. ChatGPT has no idea what's in my... Sure, there are plugins now, blah, blah, blah. You wrote one. (laughs) You did SGPT. Yes, but the idea is the AI that... Imagine if the AI lived inside my iPhone, inside my computer, and knew about my files, knew how to say, open a PDF and resize it, or uh, stuff like, hey, take the latest five screenshots and zip them up and send them to John on iMessage. Like, that's the kind of stuff you would previously write a shortcut for, but as Steven said, that was a one-off task. Do you really want to write a shortcut for a one-off task? Yeah. What if you could just write that down as a request or speak it as a as a spoken command and the system did it for you? Now that's I think the power of generative AI and a large language model that understands what you're asking and Mm -hmm. knows how to act on your own data. That for me is the key point here. Here's my worry with this, right? So that's a great thing that you
1: suggested and I'm sure they could probably use like Intense as a way to power some of that, right? Like I have some of the bones that they would need for like little things that an app can do. (laughs) The thing that I worry about is like, oh, save a task to, you know, remind me to do the thing. save a task to this. I don't want to say with Todoist. (laughs) <laughs> right
0: to <laughs> Taoist, yeah. you mean i or think it's really add Tadaoist. something
1: add uh, lunch with federico to fantastical you know like and that's the way they've done this kind of stuff in the past you can't just say what apps you want to use like to the system and it will remember them you have to like make it clear like i'll oh, save this thing to to doist to remember the milk to omnifocus like that's going to be a fric- like too much friction in that. Where this, what they could implement, what I hope they do implement, is that this model that they create can have a memory.
2: Yes, I was just about to say this model should have a data storage yeah. for for your own preferences.
1: This is something that I know ChatGPT is starting to do now. That yeah. you will be able to give it information about you, and it will remember it. Like And it will remember it across all of the chats that you have, not just like the singular ones. So like it's an actual real memory that it will have rather than just needing to reread everything you've ever said to it to remember something. So like stuff like that would be good. And that is very important that they do it that way. Like if they want this thing to be truly useful, that we get that. And this is the, the beginning of that dream of like the knowledge navigator. All over again, mm. right? Yes. That you can have an actual conversation with the computer. It will understand you, give you information, and then you can ask the computer to do things for you. Like, we are potentially very close now to having that, but they really have to make some fundamental decisions early and correctly for us to get there, you know?
2: And my, other, and my other question is, and, and I guess you know, we can mention this because it's, uh, it's in Steven's extensive list of, of links here. Um, should you just, you know, are, are these features, these requests that you may ask a brand new Siri AI, just going to be spoken requests? Or will you be able to type them out as in a chatbot? And one of the latest uh, reports that we heard is that Spotlight is also gonna be infused with these new AI features, which makes total sense, right? There's a, there's times when you're working and you want to get assistance from an AI and you don't want to speak mm-hmm. uh, to to Siri all the time. So uh, if Apple can do with a brand new Spotlight a version of essentially Chat GPT, where you just have a com- have a have a written conversation that you type out and you get. Uh, and you get responses from from the AI and you get results from the AI, I think that's going to be excellent. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can have... This is the sort of advantage again that Apple has in terms of like this multi modal interaction system where the same AI could be used from Spotlight, could be used uh, with Siri on your phone, with Siri on your Mac, when you're wearing AirPods, when you're using the Apple Watch. Like all those places where you, maybe even from the software keyboard, like all those places where Apple could, in theory, uh, put in AI features are the sort of advantages that other companies don't have because they don't own your computer or your phone. Yep.
1: Hmm.
0: Another area of reporting that I think is really interesting and I think a a really obvious direction for Apple to move into is a co-pilot-like feature in Xcode. So this has been rolled out across a bunch of Microsoft products. You can get it in Office 365. You can get it in GitHub. I think it was there first where the large language model can predict and finish writing code for you so the language model knows all about swift and swift ui and objective c and ui kit and everything else uh, maybe they'll even teach you about AppKit. you never know and they may go that far back and it then can help assist you in writing your code um, and even maybe potentially find bugs in your code or suggest more efficient ways of doing something this seems like something that that they've they've gotta do. This is in other IDEs, this is in other wow. uh other applications. And I, I suspect out of everything on this list, if we see anything, we would see this first.
1: I think the time has passed to just do this only. Like this felt like we were talking about this last year at WWDC as a feature they might do. Yeah. Like I think if the, if this was something like you say, like yeah, they should do this, but this now just needs to be one of the many things. Yes, like the time has passed where this is the only thing you can get away with.
0: And, and it's an it's an area where the specific knowledge set is smaller than something generalized like Siri, right? Yeah. Siri, if it's going to do all the things we want it to do, it's got know a lot of stuff, and if it if the if the, if it's fenced in. Basically around Xcode, then something like this could be could be really useful, right? the 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 knowledge, the domain knowledge, is smaller than anything someone might do in an iPhone, right? So I, I do expect that we'll see this.
2: I'd be really curious to you know we'll, we'll revisit this topic in June. A uh, couple of things on my mind: one is this going to be Swift and Swift UI only? Did they train the model on only Swift or also Objective-C? And two, did they train the model on uh, private Apple internal code? Uh, because the, the, the thing about GitHub or, you know Copilot is that it's trained on open source code from GitHub by and large. I, I expect Apple didn't follow that route. And uh, I mean, where does the code where, that they use to train the Xcode Copilot come from? And uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see uh, if you know maybe the the AI tool in Xcode autocompletes code for you that was actually written by an Apple engineer for like say Springboard or something like uh, I'd be curious to know the source with with this entire initiative I yeah. am really curious to know the source of Apple's data uh, there were also the reports right that Apple was gonna try and strike licensing deals with publications to train the the source of content for generative AI, and uh, there is also the rumor going around this past week that Reddit was shopping around a licensing deal of sixty million dollars to uh, to basically say, "Hey company, we're going to give you access to our data. If you want to train your generative AI model, give us sixty million dollars in return um, so that maybe maybe Apple could be behind that deal. we don't know, but i I really want to see how apple trained all these different models in all the different domains.
1: I remember a report from some time ago, I think it was a Montgomery report, that when they were building or starting to build out their models, I think it's called Ajax internally, uh, they were really concerned about training it on their own data. Mm -hmm. Like Apple did not want to do that. And there was a concern internally that it would give away Secrets, yeah. basically. So I wouldn't <laughs> expect this is trained on... I expect that this will be trained the same way that they trained the Photos machine learning model, mm-hmm. which is they have bought as much data as they possibly can. So could, could I imagine they've done a deal with Reddit? Yes. And I imagine if they've done this, they've done deals with as, literally as many people as they possibly can yeah, to mm-hmm. get as much information as they possibly can. Which, yeah. if they have done that, it does still beg the same questions that a lot of companies have, which is like, It's quote unquote fair use, which I don't agree with. Uh, but this is the world that we live in today.
0: Yeah, that's a whole complicated sidebar. Um Mm -hmm. I did sell Apple the entire Mac Stories archive for AI training, though. So Okay, cool. How much? Uh it was like eight bucks
1: cool cool They're gonna the the model's going to know a lot about shortcuts but it's not going to be able to do any of those things i mean right right what's new
0: uh, <laughs> the, the last uh, the last sort of ai rumor that i think is worth touching on today is an ai wellness coach so the goal would be to keep users motivated to exercise and monitor their eating habits
2: Clippy but for workouts
0: Yep. Clippy, buffer workouts. Maybe flippy. It's like pretty acrobatic. Or rippy, so you get strong, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rippy. rippy. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Rippy. Get rippy, baby. Get rippy. Uh, it's get time rippy. to get
2: rippy. Get <laughs> rippy with Team Cook.
0: <laughs> From the beginning, the Apple Watch has made suggestions, right? It's like, hey, stand up. Hey, if you go. The most frustrating one is like, it's 11 p.m. Hey, if you went for a quick 30-minute walk, you close your ring. It's like. It's 11 p.m., bro. I'm not going outside. Mm-hmm. This, I think, out of all of them, is the most delicate. I think you've really got <laughs> You really don't want this AI to hallucinate and tell somebody to do something they shouldn't do when it comes to to health and wellness. But we'll see if Apple crosses this bridge. I'm the most dubious about this one, I think, actually showing up in the world.
1: But this one, though, this one sells Fitness Plus. Like, this one no. sells a service, even. The rest of them, boo. There's no money in that.
2: Imagine if the AI wellness coach um, is like a like a like a virtual persona that talks could to be. you, you know, and it's as creepy as a persona.
1: You know, I, ju- I just had the thought like it's going to be really interesting to understand where the where and how this information is processed. Is it is it could it even be all on device? Is there going to need to be some cloud stuff? I think there's going to need to be a mixture. Maybe that you could, if you're an Apple One subscriber, you might get priority or speed increases. Okay. Your...
2: <laughs> I don't want to think about that stuff. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, man. But, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is how this stuff works. Yeah. The,
1: the more I hear about this stuff, the more I understand like, it's just raw power. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of these things where they will not be able to power on device. Like It has to be powered in a data center somewhere. That's going to be really interesting if they do that because they've spent so much time over the last few years about things that are on device, on device. And maybe a, maybe some of it will be able to, but I just, I, I don't, you know, looking at the amount of, of data that's processed for, say, ChatGPT, and it all needs to be done in these huge data centers, I can't imagine the chip in my iPhone is really going to be able to be comparable yeah. with yeah. that. But
2: we'll That's see. going to be a lot of, uh, lot of carbon to offset. For Apple. Yes. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That'll be interesting. Hmm.
0: This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can build a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Squarespace has everything you need all in one place. I love building on Squarespace. In fact, I've been working on a couple of new websites for uh, some of Underscore's apps. Building it atop Squarespace makes it really easy. With the Fluid Engine, I can design exactly what I want for both desktop and mobile users. It's all drag and drop, and it's really easy to take what I have in my mind and put it on the page. And... Organizing the assets for a website, that can be a pain, right? You have a lot of pictures, maybe you have a lot of app icons you want to show. Where the new Squarespace asset library makes it easy to upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place. It's this one central hub that you upload your files to, your images, and then you can use them across the Squarespace platform. Plus, it has built-in analytics so you can see where your site visits and sales are coming from, analyze which channels are most effective and improve your website, building a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or the most popular products and content. Again, all of this is in one place. You're not bolting a bunch of different things together. Squarespace has it all under their roof. And it means that you can go from zero to a really awesome website in not that much time. And if you have an older website, Squarespace is a great place to rebuild it. Uh, I've taken that uh, project on for a bunch of people over the years, taking an old creaky property and building a nice new one on Squarespace is very rewarding. So go to squarespace.com slash connected for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash connected and the code connected. When you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their ongoing support of Connected and all of Relay FM. So we've talked about rumors. Now I want to talk a little bit about what Apple has shipped, um, and most recently it was the. I hope you're sitting down for this. Multimodal large language models guided image editing, or ah, yes, MG, 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 MG. MG.
1: why, MG. why is it not editor? I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like it kind of falls off at the end. Uh, there.
0: It, it does. Um, this was, was covered, this was just a couple of weeks ago. This is a, uh, a tool that you can use to edit photos. And there were some examples like, here's a pizza, make it more healthy, and it added vegetable toppings. Or... Lighten and enhance the image, make the screen green instead of white. I mean, kind of the basic image editing things that most people may want to do, but may not know how to do. Pizza looks so bad. (laughs)
2: Do, do do people edit their photos to make their pizzas look healthier? Like, is that a thing that people do? It's like, hey, hey. Like, you're sending a text to your wife or something. Like, hey, oh, babe, look, I, yeah. I got myself such a healthy pizza tonight with, <laughs> with all these veggies on top where, in fact, you got, you got the dirtiest pepperoni ever. Like, is that a thing that people do? I d- okay.
0: I mean, maybe. Sure. Look. I guess this is more,
1: it's not the practical application. It's the theoretical, right? That like the theoretical. You can okay. say make this more healthy, and its response is to add
2: greenery. Which <laughs> and, and Rippy pops up like like uh uh-uh, I see what you're doing. You- <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Rippy's back. You can't eat that pizza. <laughs> eat this bowl of broccoli instead. <laughs> Rippy won't stand for pizza. Right. Uh, and so like yeah, look, it, it is ridiculous. Like honestly, the results of all of these are just like really weird to me. But I guess this is this is what this, these kinds of papers are like, but it, I guess it it's it showing that it understood the request, even if the result is strange, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's what they're after. And this, I think, is an example of, like, people get this sort of thing, right? It's kind of hard to say, like, oh, series enhanced with AI, like, what does that actually mean? But if you could tell your computer, your phone, hey, I have this picture of us, and can you take that? weird person out of the background or you know whatever it is like and if you look at what samsung just did on a bunch of their phones it's very much in this uh sort of in this vein so it makes sense that apple would, would get this out there and uh, and let be, let people be poking around it like apparently like if you have the right software you can go play with this now i looked at it for like three seconds and then realized this is beyond <laughs> what i'm capable of doing today and i uh, kind of moved on but it's out there in the world, you know. Well before it's in a product, right? This isn't in iOS today, but it very well could be.
1: Man, I don't know. I, I know, but there's just something to me about like that is weird for Apple to be like, we made a magic editor as well. There's just something about that that just feels strange. This stuff is going to be so hard to sell to the world, especially to us at WWDC, like to, to show me all these things that you're doing, things that today I think are dubious at best that we have had this technology in our pockets. And then Apple's like, we put it in photos, potentially. And it's like, ah. I, I, I
2: okay. think it's weird because it's in direct contrast to the fact that Apple usually prides itself upon the, the pure art of photography. And, you know, and, and like, you're basically here taking photography and I know that they have machine learning based enhancements, but they don't drastically alter the contents of a photo mm-hmm. almost as a sacred entity, if you will. And here we're talking about these features of like, hey, I'll just change this pizza or take out this person from the, from from yeah. the shot or like that fundamentally change the truth of a photo. And so I think that's why, at least for me, this whole sounds very unhappily at the moment. But but maybe there's no choice. Maybe there's no choice.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, like you said, this guy gets hired from Google, and now he's he's doing all this. I'm sure that wasn't the plan, but but maybe there is expectation set in the marketplace. Right? The Pixel can do this. Oh, there is. Samsung stuff can do this. Maybe they maybe they've got to.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think that there is a choice. Like, they can find their way of doing it, but I think some of these features are going to start to become table stakes. Like, Magic Eraser is such a good commercial.
2: Yes. It's, yeah,
1: like, it is a fantastic commercial, and I think they're going to struggle with that, right? Because who doesn't have that one image in their library where they really wish they could adjust it? Like, it's just a thing people feel in their lives. Like, and... I don't think it's in Google Photos today, but like at a certain point, maybe Google do that. I I don't know. Like and and then it's like makes it. I don't know if it makes it better or worse, but it it is an it's an awkward situation to be in for if they take some kind of stance, which is like we're never going to do this. It's like I think I might agree with what you're saying, but from a business perspective, that would not be a good idea.
0: I don't think. Hmm. Yeah. So moving on from the multimodal large language models guided image editing, uh, Mm -hmm. a related tool is Apple Keyframer. And so this is an AI animation tool that lets you take a single image and then use natural language to tell the assistant how to animate it. Uh, So the example given in the 9 to 5 article is you have a picture of a planet. You say make the planet spin. It builds the frames and the animation Mm. to make that possible. So related... Uh, but different, and I think making things move, like this sounds so stupid as I'm going to say it, but I really think it's a thing. That takes the what is a photo, what is real concept, and really makes it more complicated. right? We saw that with Sora, the open AI video generator that I'm sure everyone on the planet has seen all these creepy videos. Like there's something about these tools making something move that feels like a bigger deal. And uh, I kind of had that same response to learning about Keyframer.
1: But it could also be really cool for app and game development. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like what, yeah, like if this were built into Reality Composer or something like that, right? It could be it could be a big deal.
2: Yeah, have Playgrounds, like all those sort of tools. I think they could be really helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So some developer tools that they've released, there's three that I want to touch on. Uh, Apple MLX, AX... Learn Library for Deep Learning, and then my favorite name, Apple Ferret. Ferret. Like the animal. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so the first couple, MLX and AX Learn Library, these are machine learning AI frameworks where developers can use these frameworks to run efficiently on Apple Silicon, and, uh, and then the AX Learn Library is about taking that and making it really large scale. So these yeah, are no, tools. T- tell, me, w-
2: tell me about the ferret. I want to know about the ferret. The yeah, about well, the no ferret. one cares about this because you teach. No, give me the ferret. Boo, okay. ferret. I'll give you the ferret ferret. Ferret. ferret, ferret. <laughs>
0: so f- Apple Ferret is a joint project between Apple and Cornell University.
2: Okay, okay. Educated.
0: Ed- okay. Education. Mm-hmm. And- Highbrow <laughs> ferret. <laughs> Ivy <laughs> League Ferret. He's wearing a little tie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and it is uh, <laughs> research into how large language models can recognize elements within a picture image. So if you look at the link in the show notes, it's like a picture of a cat. And how do we know what the tail of the cat looks like?
2: Obviously, the ferret would know it's a cat. Yeah. Yep. Or
0: a ferret. How do we know where the head of the ferret is versus the foot of the ferret, right? So you can see how this could play in with the other things we've spoken about, right? If you're going to have an image editor or an animation editor, well, those things need to know what things are, right? So if it's like, hey, uh, you know, take the tail off this cat, uh, you know, maybe you don't like... No,
2: don't, don't do it. Well, you can't don't, do it in real know. life,
0: but you could do it in AI. No. Um, no, you shouldn't. But it also needs okay. to know for like cutting things out of images and like, okay, what is attached to the cat? Do cats have tails? Like... Computers don't know any of this stuff. Computers are stupid, and so we have to teach them. And so Apple Ferret is is looking at how do we uh, build models where images understand the components that make up the subjects in those images. Apple Ferret.
1: I'm sure there are a lot of people working really hard on this stuff, right? It seems yeah. very, very complicated. Very nerdy. But whenever I see these papers, so both of these, why does... Like why why don't they just get someone to help them design the graphics? like I know right what happens like so on the previous one we were talking about with the pizza, like I've seen this image a bunch of times now, and like, why doesn't the text label why don't the text labels actually line up with the images? It looks like it was made in word, which I'm like a hundred percent sure it was made in word. Like, you, know, you got the two images, you got, like, the two text labels, and, like, one of the text labels is, like, only over 25% of the image, and the other one is, like, flocked 100% to the image. Mm-hmm. And then this ferret one, like, what is going on? What is that cartoon <laughs> character in the corner? Yeah. Like, what is happening in these images?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean come on svp of ai hire a graphic designer you know just
1: one just one graphic designer no it's
0: big graphic design is my passion energy and all these images yes for sure
1: or you know if you really don't want to hire someone make a machine learning model to do it (laughs) you Mm. know just Mm. just just like make someone do it for you it's it's a very strange it is uh it's very strange
0: (laughs) it really is um the last thing I just want to point out, Apple has obviously also published research materials. Um, I picked this one because of the name, Specialized Language Models for Cheap Inference on Limited Domain Data. So it, it has to do with the other frameworks they've done, basically looking at cost-efficient approaches to AI development. And what I thought when I saw this was twofold. One, uh, this could be great for small developers or people who are going to kind of do this mm-hmm. in their own app or on their own servers some somehow, or if Apple's going to do a bunch of this, they want it to be cheaper for them and their data centers. If they do it on the data center, but cheaper and cost efficient also means smaller. And maybe this also has to do, look, I skinned I skimmed this paper. I didn't understand every third word. Like it is yeah, hard to yeah, understand yeah. what these people are doing. Yeah. If you're just a regular person, like we are, but you can imagine the sort of research also goes into, I want to run this locally on a phone. I want to run this locally on a laptop. And making this more efficient is cheaper in the data center and makes it possible, along with the other frameworks that you cut me off about, Apple Silicon and making it as efficient as possible there. like These pieces are coming together, right? That Apple is like putting all these pieces, putting them together. And I think products are going to come out at the other end. I think we're going to start to see that this summer. And that that's fun. And it's fun to see what they're doing ahead of time because normally we don't get we don't get this. You know what I mean? These people are so smart.
1: Like yeah. I'm looking at this that paper you referenced, Stephen. The people that do this stuff, they're just so clever. Like on a whole different world.
2: In a way, they will never be this yeah. smart. You know?
1: I'm I'm happy with my talents and my skills in life. Yeah, like I'm confident in those, and and I'm happy with where I am. I will never be this smart. And, and there is no, I don't think there is any course of my life that could have led me to be able to write specialized language models with cheap inference from limited domain data. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think I
2: could have ever done this. It was never in the cards here. for any of us. It was not going to happen for me. It just wasn't.
1: And I'm, you know what? I'm fine with, that. I'm fine the with
2: highest, that. The highest I can go is probably buy an actual ferret. I think that's as mm, far that's, as I can That's push. as far as
1: your brain will allow. As far as
2: I <laughs> Look, I have a ferret. like an actual fair, fair ownership. Thing. Yeah. That's, uh that's Steven, thank you for Very good this stuff. research. Yeah. All the links, thank you. Uh I think hopefully we have a better understanding of at least some of the things that are expecting us. In June, I'm sure more reports will come out over the uh, next couple of months. Uh but this is great. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it was it was really fascinating to see what they're doing. And, you know, like I said a second ago, software and hardware, we get rumors, right? But this is actual work that Apple is doing in the field. And that's just yeah. so unlike what we normally get to talk about. So it was a lot of fun to to dive into.
1: I think what it this shows is that if you want to do this stuff, you will only get good hires if you allow them to publish. Yes. And it is so un Apple. But I think is a good sign that they're serious, right? Like, you know, it's like for example, we spoke about this before. Like, if you write people that write stuff on the app store, they don't put their names on it. Like, they're not allowed to put their names on it. Like, you can't sign like, "Oh, I was this person and I wrote this story on the app store," right? Like, that's not a thing that 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 the writers and the app store teams get to do. And that maybe limits the type of people that they would be able to employ, people that want to put their name on their work. But like this is an example of that, where if you are a researcher, you want to be published, because that's what it's all about. And they are allowing these people to do that, because I guess because they are aware of the fact that they're only going to get the brightest minds if they allow them to continue publishing. And I expect that there is some stuff that they can't publish yet, but we'll be able to publish later once the products have been announced as well, um, and that you kind of get it to get it that way.
0: Yeah, I think there'll be a whole flood of these white papers and yep. research documents. Again, not that we know what they say. Like, seriously, go look at the PDF. It's in the show notes. It's next level.
1: It's like it's very it's very easy to get through the first like three sentences, and then it falls apart real fast. Mm-hmm. Real fast.
0: Yeah. And then you get into like some of the later pages, there's like mathematical equations. It's like there's a lot of charts
1: and there's a lot of lines. And um, I guess I should know what the generic pre training cost versus generic perplexity graph mm. means, but I actually don't know what that means. Well,
0: have you considered the the conclusion of the hyper network research on small documents? You just opened it up for me. Now I understand. Okay, <laughs> Thank good. you. Good. Thank you. I think that does it for this week. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, We love doing this show, and we love doing it for you. hope you you
1: found it pleasurable.
0: We did. The Most Pleasurable Podcast. If you want more of us, we're online. Uh, Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Continues to be the home of amazing Vision OS app coverage. Like I feel like every time I open MacStories, you're you're costing me money. (laughs) I've downloaded so many new apps. Great. If only there was an app affiliate program you could take advantage of. I know,
2: right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too soon. Uh, Federico is on Threads as Vatici, and he's on Mastodon as Vatici at MacStories.net. You can find Mike's work on a bunch of other shows here in Relay FM. Episode 500 of Upgrade, congratulations. Thank you. You started you. after us, but you passed us in numbers. Yep.
1: It's <laughs> just a very strange thing to have occurred. <laughs> it is very, it's
0: true. very strange. Uh, a lovely episode. Y'all talked about the report card. You did. You do this cool thing where you do... Uh, basically, it's like a lame version of the Rickies for every 100 episodes. I wouldn't call it that. It's a draft. Which I think drafts predate the Rickies. Mm, that doesn't sound right to me.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: I'll come back with a white paper. Uh, you can follow Mike on Threads as iMike, and he is on Mastodon as iMike at Mike.social. You can find my writing on 512pixels.net and I co host Mac Power Users. Uh, it comes out each and every Sunday here on Relay FM. I am ISMH at eworld.social on Mastodon and ISMH 86 over on Threads. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, NetSuite, NomNom, Nom, and Squarespace. And until next time, say goodbye.
2: Arrivederci. Cheerio.
0: Bye, y'all.